Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I am Bice back in central Ohio, and I'm joined by Paul Carruthers, who didn't leave the West Coast after uh, Laguna Seca's round, but he did travel south, um, so he's back home. He didn't get the jet lag that I did this time. It took me a day or two to realize where I was, but Paul, um, we're back together uh, again. How's, how are things for you? Good. It feels like I have jet lag, even though I don't, but uh, <laughs> that, that, was, uh, that was kind of a those were long days there it's uh oh man were they yeah it's a really good event but it just seems like there's a lot more going on than normal and uh no it was it was it was actually a wonderful weekend and i enjoyed it it's it's always nice when you get like kenny roberts and eddie lawson and wayne and bubba showbert and you get those kind of guys coming to your events and kind of makes it you know a lot more fun and those guys are uh it was cool to hang out with them a bit and, and take care help take care of what they're up to so no, it was good. I uh, came home and yeah, it's, it's, I, I really like watching the Tour de France or France. And, <laughs> and I also like watching the British Open. So I've, uh, I've got those going in the background at, at my home office and I check on it every once in a while. But uh, no, everything's golden here. Get a couple of weeks before we go off to uh, the great, what is it? The home of 10,000 lakes. That's right. That's right. And you know, if you look at Brainerd from a map, uh, I was looking at it. I was like, oh my gosh, there are actually a lot of lakes around there. But when you're there, the thing's surrounded by trees. So you really don't understand that there's like waterways really near there quite a bit. It, it really is like that. And that, that area is completely vacation land. Yeah. 10,000 seems like a little overkill to me. I don't know if it's like they count <laughs> puddles in the fall or something, but <laughs> I 10,000, man, that's a, that's a lot of lakes. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'll tell you, the entire state of Ohio is jealous because Ohio, except for Lake Erie, does not have a single man, uh, a natural lake in, in the entire state. They have some man-made lakes, but there isn't a single natural lake there. They, Minnesota took them all, so it's ridiculous. But um, hey, so let's get, let's get going on this because we're excited to get uh, the team manager of Westby Racing and a guy who's like, you know, tends to be the mayor of the paddock in Moto America, Mr. Chuck Giacchetto. Chuck, uh, how, how are you today? Well, I was good until I heard all the bullshit that you guys were slinging back and forth about lakes and all that other shit. I mean, if I wanted a geography lesson, I'd tune into <laughs> Spoken like a spoken like a true New Englander that it's like well you can't get there from here even though you're not from Maine I know that but anyway no I'm not speak I'm not speaking down Maine but everybody <laughs> know what the hell's going on so let's tell them what's going on light me up light me up fellas okay you want to go Sean okay well let me light you up first. Um, I want to talk about, about Ridge a little bit because I have not spoken to you about this, Chuck, and um, what happened with the bumping and banging with Danilo, um, it, seemed like, it seemed like Matthew kind of laughed it off and didn't really consider it to be too bad, but I know you, you wear your heart on your wrist or on your chest or wherever your heart is, it's, it's everywhere, 
were you were you personally upset with that or did you think that was okay and and then going into Laguna with how he was banging a little bit with Cam Peterson and kind of I was delighted by the fact that he you know it didn't create a big dust up but where do you stand right now with Danilo on the track and, and with his mood let's let's put it that way uh well I didn't even know it happened at at um at the ridge until um Stamboli came over and said something to me as the session ended. I, cause I was, on, I was running the boards and I, and I, the only person I can hear when I'm running the board is Ed, uh, Ed, Ed actually is a, a lot smarter than I give him credit for the, the headphones I wear, even though it has a mouthpiece on it can only receive and not, and not transmit. So <laughs> anything I say uh, can't and won't be held against me. Um, so I didn't even know that that had happened and, and I didn't see what happened until well after the session um, you know what? And uh, with all due respect to uh, uh, HSBK and the wonderful people at uh, within our paddock, um, the whole Danilo thing for me is a bit of old news because that's just the way that guy is. Uh, I've given him the thumbs up a few times. He's given it back to me. I think uh, there's a bit of a language barrier there because I always, uh, I shouldn't say I always, but I've approached him several times and told him to come on over for a, uh, for a, snack or a drink or whatever and i think he looks at me kind of cross-eyed like why would i do that and i, I mean it i'm sincere but so i think there's a bit of a language barrier there but you know what man I'm, I'm over that bullshit to be honest with you like if the guy wants to fucking bang and smash and do all that shit um whatever and then matthew will respond to it however he does you know there's been people who say matthew's instigated it and petrucci's instigated it and this you know godzilla's instigated it and i don't care about it honestly anymore i move on um, so for me, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I think some of that is okay for fanfare. I know our team is quite tired of, of any of that drama. I think HSBK is quite tired of that, that drama. And, uh, I think, you know, I think Danilo, uh, and I could be speaking out of line here, was probably caught out a little bit by the level of the competition here and not knowing the tracks and the Dunlop tire, blah, blah, blah. So I think he expected to possibly be really commanding the championship. And to be quite honest with you, he did command it, right? He commanded right. it. So we got him by a point at Elkhart, and then he commanded it all the way through the ridge, and he commanded it through the second race at Laguna. So I'd say the guy ain't doing too shabby, and i say the team's making a valiant effort. Yeah, but... I'm, I'm over all that bullshit. And, and um, you know, I, I'd like to think that, that uh, well, I, I know we all get along in the pit at the end of the day. So whatever. I mean, if that's the way he wants to be. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, if, 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 if Matthew instigates that, then, then whatever will fall on Matthew. If Petruchian instigates it, that'll fall on him. If Cam instigates it, whatever. They're, you know, at this point, I think we we're all a little surprised at how theatrical it got a couple of times, but, you know, maybe he's getting used to us and we're getting used to him. So whatever. The guy still is only behind in the championship by a couple of points. And we're going to do everything to make sure that we stay, we try and get back in front of him. So, yeah, it's okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. And one more thing on that subject, Chuck. So I, I kind of talked to Cam Peterson and, and Jake about this a little bit. And I, I know last year Cam Peterson was a little bit in the um, uh, crosshairs of Lorenzo. Uh, no, Loris Baz. Sorry, I went back too many years. Loris Baz at VAR, they had a little bit going there, and that seemed to be yeah. fairly heated. Yep. Cam had the incident with at Laguna with Danilo, and it wasn't heated at all. They both, you know, seemed to be fine. 
What, what do you think the thing is with, with Matthew? You know, well, I mean, obviously we know VIR. There was obviously right there on the, the final uh, at start finish. It was, it was a situation with Matthew. And then it was at uh, Ridge. What is it? Why is it Matthew and Danilo? And I think it's over now, but why was it like that? Do you know? Oh, it's not okay. over. It's being over. Okay. It's not even close to being over. I think, and, and I'm not trying to fuel it. Like I said, I just assume let it go by the wayside. But in my opinion, Matthew and Danilo for a few races were tweeners, if you would, where even though Jake, you know, Jake has obviously set the precedence for the, for the field yet again, which we knew he would. And, um, you know, I just think that those guys were at the same speed, uh, both of them having a few issues, both having some lucky moments, both having some bad moments. And I just think they fell upon each other all the time. I think Danilo's a guy who's not going to accept a rub from someone else. And then when he rubs somebody else, he thinks it's okay. And vice versa with, with Matthew. So, uh, I can't tell you what goes on track other than what's recorded and what I see. Um, I was showed the film at the Ridge. It didn't look like Matthew did anything to me. If Danilo felt different, well, he let it be known. So that's fine. You know, Matt's a big boy and we're all big boys. And if that's the way those guys are going to play it out, then they can play it out. I, I, I believe again, that, that, <laughs> you know, everything was okay. Right. On the podium. But, but then afterwards, you know, there's a, there's a, a protest or a question about the finish, you know, whether Cam exceeded track limits or whatever. And I don't know. Anything. I don't want to comment on it because I don't know anything about it. It's got, it's not my business or anything like that. So those guys are all huggy and kissy face. And then afterwards it's like, okay, but, but this is going to happen. And who knows you know, the team principal could have lodged that, that protest. And that's fine. You know, Bobby or, or Farach or, or Chibati, any of those guys. So again, I, we, maybe we would have done the same. I don't know. It's, but it's irrelevant, but, but I don't, you know, Sean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not in a bad mood or anything like that, but, I don't give a shit who gets along with anybody anymore. You know, we got a, a hard season upon us, probably the hardest one we've faced in a long time. And, um, and uh, we just need to, to fucking get going, you know? Yeah. yeah. So all that stuff is, 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 is good and it's good for the press and it, and um, you know, but if, if we take a minute to focus on that, we're taking our focus off doing our job and uh, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the racing then. I, I'm not alone in my belief, and, and it's obviously a fact because it plays out race after race, but Jake Gagne wins these races on the first lap and the second lap. And what, what, what do you think it is that, I mean, obviously he goes fast on the first lap or faster than the other guys feel comfortable going on the first lap. And if you get a bit of a gap on the first two laps, we all know all you got to do is go the same speed as the guy chasing you and end up beating him by that gap. What, what, is it, what is it that he's able to do that they're not able to do? And do you, I mean, I think in order for those guys to try to beat him, somebody's going to have to step up and actually go his speed in the first two laps. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what is that? Is, that is, it, is it confidence? Is it bravado? Do you know? Well, I think it's a few things. Now, are you asking me about the rest of the participants or are you asking me about Jake Gagne? Well, I'm asking you about Jake Gagne as, as, as it compares so, to the rest so, of the guys so, trying to beat him. Yeah, so, so knowing what I know about Jake Gagne, um, and don't get me wrong, Jake and I would consider to be very, uh, I actually wouldn't say very good friends, but uh, good friends. 
he's always been a good friend. Uh, he's always been a supporter of, of me and me of him, uh, his, his parents likewise. Uh, and then, you know, you throw the Stambolian attack and Yamaha factor in there. So he goes from uh, winning a championship to kind of muddling around in some Honda stuff, going overseas, getting the shit knocked out of him, comes home, jumps on the shabby bike, uh, you know, probably post uh, decent results, breaks his ankle, uh, blah, 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 you know, all that other shit. Then all of a sudden, showing, he gets this notice because JD Beach is, is going to go do something else. There's absolutely positively no way you can't be up for that. So he went in the first year, he got all slapped around and, and uh, they changed some crew around and things of that nature. In the off season, Richard got with them, the team got with them. They said, you need to change A, B, C, and D, whatever those may be, if you want to be successful on our bike. Jake obviously elected to do that. Uh, and I'm not saying it wasn't a compromise between both parties. Uh, each party complements each other. He absolutely has the confidence. He, he speaks quietly and, uh, and, and walks quietly and carries a big stick. And you know what? He could carry a big stick. He controls everything that goes on in that racetrack. He dictates it all. Everything else is an afterthought. And until our guys decide they want to step up, uh, that's it. So I feel a lot of it is mental and that is, and please keep in mind, first and foremost, I know Matthew Skoltz can do it. Okay. So we'll, we'll, let's get Matthew out of the way first. He absolutely has a talent and he absolutely has to have, and, and he absolutely has the crew, the bike and the budget and everything else behind him. So we need to figure out how to make all that stuff work together for him. And then he has to meet us at that place in order to proceed forward. Okay. So I think the same thing goes forth for cam uh, uh peterson who's in his first year with attack who is only progressing okay so he's got another year left on his contract and me knowing what i know you better watch out for cam peterson and i said this from jump right i'm not going to sit here and give this guy all kinds of accolades but i know what he's been through since he's raced in south africa and i know what he's been through in his life so when stamboli said to me oh hey we're getting this cam peterson kid what do you think you know just some friendly conversation I said, that fucking guy will walk through traffic for you. I go, he'll walk through a wall of fire for you. All he needs is a chance. All he wants is a chance with a real team behind him. And this is no discount to any of the other teams he was with. But the YMUS uh, Fresh and Lean Attack team, Progressive, or whoever they are at this point, besides a bunch of ass kickers, that will instill confidence in anyone. It'll instill confidence within that team. It exudes confidence. It walks with a swagger. It has a guy who runs the team who has a swagger. I mean, <laughs> that place exudes confidence, right? So even if by some stretch of the imagination, the thing's a pile of shit, which it never is, it's never a big deal. It's never a big deal. Those guys got crushed at Coda per se and crushed at Atlanta per se. There's no panic. There's no fret. There's no worry. Those guys go back. They go to work. They do what they have to do they smash a tank straight they bend a frame straight they put new wheels on it they build a new engine the rider goes back he gets back in shape he gets all hemmed up and here they come again 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 there are a bunch of tenacious robots and that's the way every single person needs to be that's what's happening with petrucci now okay he's getting a bit more tenacious he, the settings are starting to come to him so now everybody needs to work on that first lap and then after the first lap, they can work on the second lap. And then after the second lap, they can work on the third lap. And then after the halfway point, if they're still within a second of Jake, they can attack. But until they conquer that first and second lap, it's over. 
it, 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 it's over. We're beating ourselves. And, and I'm not saying Jake's infallible because he's not. He's not. And his, and his bike and his crew are great. But I also believe that our team, crew, and bike are great. I believe that Cam's team, his crew, and bike are great. I believe that Petrucci's team is great. So, and, and keep in mind, we're only talking about those guys. And if you want to spread it out a little bit, we definitely saw some shit this weekend, didn't we? Right? We saw the 54 bike. We saw the 66 bike and then whatever Barbera's number is. Those guys are coming. So yeah. if the two, three, and four position bikes that are in the championship right now, I'm not telling their teams to tighten up, but this is what I'm saying to myself about our team. We need to get this package well-rounded and, and, and molded together. Otherwise, Jake is going to set sail yet again. Okay? It, it, and, and believe me, it's not anything that we do to Jake. It's what we do to ourselves. It's how we help ourselves or how we hurt ourselves. He, he, he's, he's on a different planet right now, but I also feel that the other guys are at least on the spaceship on their way to the other planet. We still have a chance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just ticking the last few boxes. I really feel if, if my guy, Cam and Petruch can get the first two laps down, just like Jake does, now you're going to see some racing. Now you're going to see some racing. And, and when's, the, when's the last time I was ever pressured? Yeah. Well, that's the thing I don't. So, Chuck, why is I a couple of years ago, we would talk to Matthew and, you know, it was kind of like, if not for Cameron Bobier, then, hey, what could happen and who would be there? Now it's a little bit, if not for Jake Gagne. Jake Gagne and Cam yeah, Bobier. Cam, what, what's that? I'm tired of that shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's always going to be somebody, right? Absolutely. Why not Matthew Skultz? Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, what he he is the first one to tell everybody that he doesn't doesn't get good starts. Is he, can that be fixed? That's up to him. Okay. I mean, what, what is it? Is it is it a time reaction thing? Physically, what is it? So so look, I. I can't tell you that because I don't know. Yeah. But I, what you know is that I reinstilled to Matthew again this weekend how important he was and how how much I knew he could do this job. And I still believe that he can do the job. And I know our team can do the job. I, I think that looking at it uh, from the, the body of over six years of work, I think Matthew when he gets upset on the bike or when he can't get it to do what he wants to do, he becomes upset and it turns into body language on the motorcycle. And then the best laid plans can go to shit. So it doesn't matter how good the setup is or anything. If a guy's pissed off and angry, like he clearly was on Sunday, you know, the settings can get pushed out of whack. I know that every time that guy gets on the motorcycle, he gives everything he has. I know he does, but we need to have a comfortable union between that in between what we're able to give him on that given day. Now we've made a lot of changes. We've made personnel changes. We spent plenty of money. We've got plenty of parts. We've got updates to updates to updates. So now it's time to arrive, right? So the starts, I can't tell you technically what goes wrong, if anything goes wrong, but nor can I tell you if it's Matthew. I think it would be horrible for me to come on here and just go, Matthew's the problem. Because I don't know that. And, and, and 
I, what, what I, what I can believe is that our guys are working just as hard and as diligently as they can, along with um, some people uh, at Attack helping us, YMUS, Magneti Morelli US, YME. Everybody's involved in this, but I just don't think that we've centered in exactly where we need to be just yet. But I will tell you that I know that Ed and um, and and the rest of the team are working very hard to figure out why we have these problems. Now, I don't know what happened this weekend in regard to Matthew starts. Uh, the first one, you know, obviously wasn't the best. And the second one was, was even worse. I, I don't have an answer for you guys. Um, I know that just like most of the time, once Matthew gets going, his pace is the same as, as the top three guys. Um, and it's tough to look at it at the end of the race. You can compare it with a Jake or with a Bouvier, but at that point they're on cruise control. So maybe they got another second and they can reach back down in and get where we couldn't, I'm not sure. But, you know, I think we're all waiting for Westby racing to arrive. I know I am, um, you know, Trig and I just spoke about this the other day and uh, we're all hungry. And, and I, you know, you can't say that, that the kid doesn't want it because he does because you know he threw himself down well i say this proverbially he threw himself down on the ground trying on sunday i know matt didn't want to throw himself down on the ground but he was riding hard and he took yeah. the front and those things happen uh when you're racing so um disappointed for the team and for matthew sure but not angered at the fact that he tipped over i mean he did he just, matthew's really not a crasher he was a few years ago he's not now um do the stars all have to be aligned for him? I don't know. Um, when you look at the guys in MotoGP that, that are on Hondas, uh, you know, only one guy was able to, 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 to ride that motorcycle, and it has proven to be true, and that's, that's Mark Marquez. Um, is there only one guy that can truly ride this R1, uh, which would be a Cambubier or a uh, or, 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 or Jake Gagne? I, I don't believe that to be true. Um, are there some teams out there, other Yamaha teams that are doing things differently than we are, man, not much differently, not enough that we think will be a difference. We all have the same parts. We all have the same pool of resources. Um, we are closer than we've ever been, but we still need to be closer. So, uh, I, 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 I wish I had solid answers. It is frustrating. I, 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 again, I won't speak for Matthew, but I, I know it's absolutely frustrating for him. But um, the, 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 the more difficult thing is watching the points tumble away. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how quick they do. It's amazing how quick Jake Gagne is back on top. I mean, you think it's going to be, oh, man, he's, he's behind the eight ball. You know, we're, it's going to take him a while. I mean, it took him a little while, but it didn't take him that long. So yeah, but the, if you, win, you win seven races, you catch up. True, that's true. Well, don't uh, forget, what is it, Paul? It's it's uh, first to second is six points now. Three. Oh, is that all it is? Yeah. Oh, for Christ's sakes! And then it jumps well, to forty and forty-five. I'm gonna have to put his hand in some kind of a device or something and break his fingers or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just think, no, honestly, I just think from watching Jake. He, he, he gets on the motorcycle believing he's going to be in the first turn before anybody else. And he knows he can do two faster laps than them. And he knows he can do a faster lap later in the race, but only if he needs to. 
and yeah. you have that kind of confidence going on the line that you know you're going to be in turn one first those other guys have to get that same confidence and they have to do it more than once and then it'll they'll that'll happen for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the thing that amazes me about jake gagne though is it wasn't that long ago that we we were hearing and seeing and watching situations like he's too hard on the rear brake. Uh, he sat on the start line and was burning up the clutch and he was having all kinds of problems. And then everything comes good and he becomes Cam- Cameron Bobier the second. I mean, he had to fix some things. He did fix some things. You look at somebody like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Cam Peterson's got much that I can see myself as far as his game. And I feel the same way about Matthew. I don't really look at, I mean, maybe the starts, but I don't look at Matthew. When I saw him, what he did in qualifying two at Laguna Seca, I mean, I'm exaggerating, I'm sure. I've never seen that guy with his head down that far, that close to the tank, going that fast without any kind of worry. It didn't even look like he was ever going to, you know, on the edge of crashing or anything. I'd never seen anything like that performance he put in to get on the pole. What do you think, Chuck? So I asked a member of our team before this weekend, I said, it is so just so we're clear, I use a lot of analogies and a lot of different analogies trying to make sometimes some they're, sometimes they're dirty too but anyway go ahead I'll tell you <laughs> so i said to this guy i said hey guy you know is there some time that you feel that we're going to arrive like cole trickle did in the days of thunder <laughs> i got yeah. faith i have faith in you cole the cars will <laughs> drop you know, off the top line, down onto the apron. They are all going to fall down into the bottom of the apron. You just mash the gas and ride through the smoke. And that's all we need. I know when I raced, even as little time as I did, there were some times when I literally held my breath going through corners to, to hope that I made it through the other side. And when I did, my lap times got better. Mm. I don't know if there's a time like that for Matthew or for these other races. But if there was ever a time that that happened, to me, it would have been on that lap that he turned. So there, <laughs> we used to have a guy, and I'm sorry I'm getting long-winded with this. We used to have a guy that worked with us. His name was Herschel Auksher. And Herschel was a machine all to his own. So exactly one year ago, we started to get the program really turned around. And we found a bunch of stuff electronically, and Richard helped us do that, Stan Boley. So there were some settings changed, Uh, you know, Herschel dumped them in the bike and Herschel and Ed worked this this deal out and not a deal, but this strategy out. The bike was that much better. And in the first race it showed, but in the second race it really showed because we made up, Matthew made up a lot of time and we were, we were happy. We were like, oh, we are past this. He's not rushing a corner. He's rolling through the corner. We're not hearing the same problems. So, you know, Herschel and I are sitting on pit road, you know, like kind of like Chevy Chase and Rusty in family vacation, you know, and he's like, Ross. So he says to me, he goes, Chuck, do you feel that? And I said, I think so. And he says, you need to remember this feeling that you have, like the weight of the world is off your shoulders. Like you just broke through. You need to remember that. And I said, why? And he goes, because forget the result. 
that's the feeling that you want to have. And that was one of the most important things that Herschel had ever said to me um, and stuck with me. So I will be honest with you. I felt that way at our preseason test. I felt that way at CODA. I felt that way going into Atlanta until the second race at Atlanta. I felt that way at Virginia. I felt that way during the first race at, at Elkhart. I almost felt that way at the Ridge. We, to me, I don't think we obviously accomplished what we wanted to, but when you look at the thing, you look at things mathematically through a lap time, he got a lot quicker, a lot in a lot quicker uh, amount of time. So that was a success as well, as well. But then when you come to Laguna, I really thought that's where we were going to turn the page. I really felt, and people could say I'm being, you know, too, too optimistic. I really thought that, that we had a chance to really run with, with Jake there. Um, and for whatever reason we, we didn't, I know it wasn't for lack of preparation. I know it wasn't for lack of, of, uh, uh, ability, uh, on the crew's part. I know it wasn't for lack of ability or effort on Matthew's side. It just didn't happen. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll all have those answers soon. Um, and, and then we can work on them from there. Um, but yeah, I thought there would, there would have been a breakthrough moment by now and we could have, could have left all the bad starts and the, the, the set it, you know, the, the weirdo settings and all that other stuff behind not, not that they're weirdo settings, but you know, I don't know a lot about electronics. So all that stuff's weird to me, you know, um, it's just frustrating because I know how much effort, uh, and you have to understand when I say this, I know how much effort certain people put in on the team. Look, everybody puts in a very large effort on our team, but there's some guys who take all this stuff to bed with them and, and because it's their job and they do it. And, and those guys never give up. So for, for me, I think it was as well, you know, as, as a, as bummer as it may have been to Matthew, um, this, this past weekend was, was, was a real gut punch, um, to myself and, and, and the team principals. It, it just, it's something that I didn't expect. And uh, it's something that, that um, we hope is we can move to the back seat. And, um, you know, we just had a meeting about it today Ed and I did, and uh, we're looking forward to Brainerd, like it's the start of a brand new season. And uh, they got some more things they can throw at them. And, and even talking to Stan Bowley, you know, Stan Bowley's like, Giacchetto, come on, you know, get your face, you know, get, get your, get your smile back on, come on, start bitching about something. Don't oh, oh is me. And <laughs> I boohooed for a couple of days, but he goes, look, it's the second half of the season. Now, you know, Mac goes really good at all these tracks. Well, he does. And, and, and we go good at all these tracks, but what I want to see is us good right in Jake's behind, mm -hmm. not yep. good in seconds back, not good. Five seconds back. And, and I know that's what the other guys want as well. So I think right now, as Rich said, moving into the second half of the season, we ignore all the bullshit that goes on with the theatrics and with the Petrucci's and the Petersons and the Skultz's and all that other stuff. If it happens, it happens. I think most of the guys are going to look at it and go, whatever. Or they'll just go over to the guy and go, you're a jerk. No, you were a jerk. And that's it. I know you're not going to get that kind of a rise out of our team because we just have too much to do. We, we have too much to focus on. Petrucci's not our focus. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 
Ashton Yates isn't our focus. Uh, the hotel is not our focus. Uh, our focus is um, P1. Uh, yeah. P1 in every session, in every lap, uh, every day, every event, and at the end of the year. Uh, so it looks like the awards banquet will be at Barber. And I want to, I want to have Trig have that trophy. And it's not out of the question. And I think anything less than that at this point is, is, is a loss. So um, I, I, I cannot say we're understaffed, we're underfunded, we're under-talented. Nothing, nothing can be said like that. Um, Matthew's got it in him. We all got us in it. I, 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 we all got it in us. I just, I think we need, you know, I don't know if it's a sonic boom. I don't know. I wish it'd be, fuck, maybe you guys can tell me how, how, how it all happens. You know, I, I was even thinking about a live chicken sacrifice. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think Chuck, some of it um, has to do with, we all see this. I mean, it's a classic situation in any of these movies. You mentioned Days of Thunder or every Rocky movie. There's always that turning point, you know, and it's, I know it's classic, it's romantic. Maybe things don't work like that in real life, but we always expect it. And I think that's some of what you're saying with what Hersha was saying. I felt like that poll was a bit of a turning point because I'm like, well, if his starts are tough, you know, maybe the fact that he's starting on pole, although it's weird at Laguna to be yeah. on the pole isn't really an advantage there. So that's kind of tough too, right? Well, you know what? I don't buy that bullshit because okay. being on the pole for me um, it is, is a mindset. You're a fucker. I'm on, hey, I'm on pole. Yeah. What did you do? I'm on pole. You know, it's like that's walking into the, the way I felt. I felt about it that way. Yeah. You know, you walk into the pits with a hot chick and everybody's looking at you. I know they ain't looking at me. They're looking at a hot chick. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Well, otherwise there wouldn't be a pole position, right? They'd yeah. line up five across like they used to. Now there's a real pole with a staggered grid with only three guys across. It's, it's a, being on pole is a big deal and you need to treat it like a big deal. You need to embrace it like a big deal. Um, we're not used to being on pole. Tell you what, oh, it's true. I'd like, I'd like to try and get used to being on pole like it's old hat. You know, but again, I cannot, I'm not boo-hooing. I'm just telling you guys the truth from the way I see it. Our team is fantastic. There is nothing that we want that we don't have. Nothing. So it's up to us to make sure that all the planets align. And I know even as we, you and I speak right now, there, there's a guy who's supposed to be crunching numbers and looking at funny lines and instead he's working on more enhancements for his rider's motorcycle for his ergonomics he's taken on more than he should have he's doing an exemplary job he's he's pushing extra hard the guys on our team who come in by the weekends work extra hard and make the push i think they'll push harder now that we're even at a little bit more of a deficit via points wise they know the motorcycle hasn't gone to shit. Maybe Matthew had an off day. I don't know. Maybe he had a stomach bug. I, I haven't spoken to him since the end of the event. You know, he come over to me and and apologized um, for tipping over. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I didn't say, yeah, whatever. I was like, yeah, thank you. But at that point, I didn't have much to say to him. And what am I going to say to him? Like, hey, it's okay. Don't worry. He's the guy. He knows he's the guy on our team. You know, we yeah. know he's to go with the best he can. Like, like 
to me, if somebody said, well, he planned on augering it in, well, if I had any proof of that, he'd been fired right then. Pretty sure Matthew doesn't want to auger anything in, you know, he might, might want to auger might want to auger his game controller into the TV every now and then or something like that. But, but he's a fighter. I mean, he told me I, right before the race, you know, when he was, he was going up into the motorhome. I, I looked at my grab and I go, Hey, you're my fucking guy. Yeah. You can do this. Today's a new day. We got good rubber underneath you. The settings are good. We can do this. I go, come on now. And he just looked at me and he told me real quiet. He goes, I'm going to fight like hell. And in that race, he fought like hell. And don't get me wrong. He fell asleep or something happened at the start because it was like he was rolling out for the Dairy Queen. But once that race got rolling, he fought like hell, you know, and, and everybody commented on, God damn, man, you know, that guy, he's riding so hard. And so I can't take that away from him. So now we prepare for Brainerd like Laguna never happened. And we try and make up points. Every day is a new day. We, you know, we can't focus on championship right now, but we are going to focus on trying to be number one every lap every session every day every weekend until tuesday uh, monday night at barber so i i think the team is more driven than ever to to accept the challenge and where we end up is where we end up and then we'll take a good hard look at everything you, you know uh i i there's a lot of positive things happening in the paddock this year you know so i think there's a lot to to look forward to um, so I apologize if I sound a bit negative, I I'm actually positive. It's just difficult to talk other than being true difficult to talk about what happened this past weekend because it sucked and, and, um, and nobody wants that. And, and, and I don't know that it could have been prevented in any way. It just, it's like things just didn't align correctly. It's not like one guy forgot to stroke a key or another guy forgot a round of preload. I mean, there's checks, there's pre-checks, there's post-checks. There's Fuck, there's a check and a tick for everything. So and there's a lot of great minds coming together. It's quite a culmination that we have on the team. So, um, yeah, we, we just, we, we got time to arrive. Chuck, give us some insight into logistics of a race team for a minute now from this perspective. So we're going to Brainerd. Brainerd is, I mean, my geography is not great, but, you know, the team is based out of Tulsa and it's basically due north in the Midwest. Well, you're, the race shop is in Georgia and we have the advantage of a lot of our racetracks being kind of East Coast to mostly a little bit of the Midwest oriented, not too many on the West Coast. I know those teams that come from the West Coast you know, do have to do this all the time. Is it a factor for a team that's on the East coast? Does when you, when we go to the Ridge or we go to Laguna Seca, is it hard for an East coast team? I know a lot of them do it, but is there anything extra involved there that might, and I'm not saying it's a disadvantage, but is it hard to do? I guess. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's mostly from what I've been able to see, it's mostly a mental play. So um, when, when our plan, my plan this year was to load up, go to uh, Elkhart with everything that we would need for Elkhart, for the Ridge, for maintenance in between at YMUS, for Laguna, 
then we would go back, the truck would go back to YMUS for work before Brainerd, then go directly to Brainerd. Then it would go directly from Brainerd to a test at Jersey on the 8th and 9th of August and then home. Mm-hmm. Well, we have more than enough supplies on the truck, but after a while, it's just weighs on you, man, because you're not home. And that could be a part of me being immature and not being used to being out of my element. But when you only have a few hours to be home, for me, it makes a big difference. You know, like I'm jet lagged and it's like, you don't travel enough to be jet lagged. You only went through two time zones, you fucking stissy. You you know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with you? Get a grip. So, but, but it does. And, And I mean, dude, there was a, there was a time in between when I went and spent some time with a, with a friend of mine in between uh, the Ridge and Laguna, where I was like, I, I should have gone home. You know, here I am in land with, with this beautiful woman, with these beautiful beaches, with nothing but time on my hands and a pocket full of money. And I'm like, I need to go home and be with my dog and work on my motorcycle and rub on the truck. And everybody's like, Eva, you lost your mind. The fuck is wrong with you? Come on, get your shit together. And let's go. So by the time we got down to YMUS, I was like, "Woohoo! here we go. Now we're ready to rock again. And then by like Saturday evening, I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> so for us, there's some stuff on the truck that we overloaded on. So when you're on the road, you're like constantly riddling through all these boxes moving. It's like a shell game, you know, move this to get to that, move this to get to that. But I never, I never really feel really good about it because I, when I come home, and we unload the truck, there's a slot for everything. So the shop goes from being empty to full up again in, in a really short amount of time. So yeah, I think there's a clear advantage to us being on this side of the country where the truck gets home the next day or or shortly thereafter. Um, Stamboli probably makes it the hardest on himself in regard to driving, in regard to his stuff moving around, but that's why he does that he wants to stuff around them all the time because it makes them feel better. It gives a lot of confidence and you can constantly monitor what's going on. And if you have an idea in the middle of the night, you know, he's 45 minutes from his shop, you go up there in the middle of the night and start messing around with something. So yeah, um, again, it's only two time zones, but no, I feel we have an advantage being on this side of the, this side, this side of the Mississippi, for sure. For sure. I mean, look, dude, if they, you know, not to be a selfish asshole, but if they got rid of the Ridge and Laguna and said, hey, we got another track in Tennessee, you know, there's a new track coming in Tennessee. Oh, we're going to go to Tennessee and then we're going to go to, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, Pine Park, uh, Kentucky. There's another racetrack there, wherever the hell it is. I don't know. I'd be okay with that. You know, yeah. I'm sure it'd be like, come on, guys, you guys are killing me. Or, you know, the Michael Gilberts and 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 guys from from out that way, right? Uh, yeah. The, the, but, yeah, no, being selfish, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. And I think that plays into uh, where we are uh, a little bit in regard to um, why Matthew and the team does better at these races. I think it clearly, clearly does. Like, is Matthew and the, are Matthew and the team not a ridge team? I, I don't know. What's consistent with those two events? What's consistent with those two events is, is the distance, is the travel, is the time zone. I don't know. I, I'd hate to have an excuse like that, that that was it. But that there's something to be said about that. Uh, probably not. It's probably not a reality. It's a convenient 
uh, it's a it's a convenient uh, excuse, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So no, I mean, Oli just arrived early, back early this morning with the with the uh, with the truck. So um, we're happy, man. We're unloading, and uh, you know, the bike was just dinged out a little bit. So like, we're we're excited to get back going again. Maybe maybe Stamboli's guys are like, oh my god, you know, we got 13 days until we have to drive. Oh, they over to Brainerd again. And then after Brainerd, we're driving back. And then we got to drive back to Pittsburgh. And then after Pittsburgh, I mean, those guys got some miles to do. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, I think there's something to it logistically for sure. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to get ready to wrap up here, Chuck. But I want I would be remiss. We would be remiss if we didn't ask you this. Um, and Paul, I'm going to I'm going to ask him this one question, which if you think Paul or Chuck gives complete answers for this. I think this one might, this question might go for the next, the answer might go for the next two hours, Paul. So just so we're ready, but Chuck, give us a state of the state for uh, the Medallia Superbike Championship in America, the competitiveness, where it's at in the world, how we're doing, just give us a state of the state from your point of view. So for me, the series this year has taken a massive step upward and forward. Um, the fact that uh, Petrucci's here full time, I'm not saying that is the primary reason. That is one good reason. Those guys came in and made a hell of a footprint and took a hell of a swing at everybody. And it's legitimate. You see all those red pants running around and stuff like that. And you hear all the funny voices. So that's legitimate. The other thing that that has helped us uh, immensely uh, with the series this year is the return of teams and with teams bolstering. Uh, you know, M4, uh, I believe, bolstered their situation this year in the offseason. Their bikes are certainly quicker and the electronics seem to be coming around a lot better. Escalante is doing a, a really nice job for him. Unfortunately, Jake was doing a nice job, but he got injured. Uh, you got a guy like Shibu who keeps coming back for more and he's got Ashton Yates on his bike. I think that breeds some new flavor into the series. Uh, I like Ashton. I think he's doing really well. We got better in the offseason and we tested a lot more in the offseason. So I'm real proud of what we've been doing. In, in that, we tested alongside of Stan Bowling and Attack, which made them work harder and made them get better. Uh, in regard to the attendance at uh, the track for uh, the Superbike stuff, I have clearly seen a difference in every track that we've been to. Now, I'm lying if I tell you that I know there's a difference. I only know there's a difference when I read the reports that come out. I worked the pit board this year, so I, my ass stays parked in, 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 the, in the pit box most of the time, but there definitely has been a larger volume of people. I can tell from having conversations with uh, myself, John Ulrich, Chuck, and Richard Varner on, uh, on, on States of the Union uh, conversations that our reach digitally has increased immensely, uh, and especially overseas, so I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, I would say that we have almost too much action at the track right now. So there's a class for everybody. Uh, I think that has, has helped the viewership. Uh, I'm not really keen to have all those classes run, but I understand why we're doing it. And, 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 and that's all part of it. Um, I think the level of professionalism by Moto America uh, has gone up in some areas. I know that I have had some grievances uh, with some of their protocols and with some of their actions and they've been handled expeditiously. Um, some to my liking and some, it's just tough shit, Jaquetto, you got to change. Uh, the, the, the parking, uh, that has always been a bit of an issue seems to be leveling itself out this year so we can get in a lot quicker and there's not as much drama. So that's nice. Uh, 
the pit road situation continues to, to, to get better for teams to file in and for teams to uh, set up with some consistency. Uh, getting through the technical uh, department has always been very consistent for us with premier superbike teams because they visit our canopy. But I can tell you from hosting several other riders on our team that going through tech is not an issue. It's not a ball breaker anymore. And part of that is because tech is, I think, cool in their vibe a little bit, not being as aggressive, still, still docking and banning where they need to. But I think people are also showing up to be a bit more prepared. Um, as a whole, I think this, the, 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 the series has gotten a lot more consistent. And I think with that consistency, those guys will have some more doors that will open for them uh, in regard to making choices and, and, and changes for the future. Uh, we also have uh, something that uh, Richard Stamboli and myself have formed with some other team owners, which is called the Superbike Council. Um, it is based uh, on the premier Superbike teams uh, who are team entrants within our series. And we're trying to become an advisory board for uh, Moto America. So they can come to us with uh, any ideas or grievances. And it's just a discussion forum uh, at this point, which is fabulous. So we got some really nice things in the works there. And I'll be honest with you, you know, whatever grievances we have trackside with each other or riders bumping into each other or flipping each other off or, you know, sticking their tongues out or whatever stupid shit we all do. All that stuff seems to be set aside in these meetings. So I'm proud to say that 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 is going uh, well and uh, that, you know, we're going to have our third meeting at, at Brainerd. So, uh, you know, maybe if you have Stan Boley on or, or, or Bobby Sheck or Richie Alexander or Chris Ulrich, all the guys that are members of that uh, group, anybody who has a premier superbike entry, of course, can feel free to, to, to discuss it. Um, that is a, a great step forward. And it has been very well received uh, by the partners of Moto America. So that makes us feel uh, really good. It feels like we have some skin in the game. And um, yeah, I, I think there's plenty of good to look forward to. I know that Trig doesn't feel like he's going to slow down. And and um, I know I am slowing down with my age, but I certainly don't want to slow down. I mean, it, it's, I don't think there's going to be much of an off season. So yeah, I would say that the state of Moto America in regard to the Superbike series is, is flying. I think there's going to be some more entrance next year as well with real super bikes. So I'm proud of, uh, I'm proud of the entrance there and I'm, I'll be proud of the new entrance to come along. All right. I think that's enough, Chuck. Good. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, uh sorry for my oxygen. No, no, I think it's perfect. I mean, the fewer questions Sean and I have to ask the, the easier <laughs> it is. I could have gone to the bathroom twice. I didn't, but I could have, which, uh, Dude, at, my age, at my age, I probably need to, but um, yeah, it was, it was a great podcast as always. It's always fun to have you on. I always enjoy talking to you in the paddock, even though you call me Sean and you call him Paul. You know, I was just going to do, you know, please. And I say this with all sincerity. I so don't do that to tease you guys because I actually, I, I might take offense to it if somebody did it to me as much as I do it to you guys, but it's like almost like a prevagen moment for me, like that commercial because your brain's not working the right way. <laughs> so, and for, I, dude, I've done it to Oliver a couple of times. I've called him Herschel and he's almost blackened my eye. So if I have two black eyes in one week and obviously you've caught me and Sean's caught me or Sean's caught me, Paul's caught me, whichever one is which. Yeah, we're good with it. We don't care. I, I, don't, I don't mind being called Sean. Well, I was just going to say, I think Paul minds being called Sean more than I mind being called Paul, but maybe it's even. So I think we're okay. Either way, it's all good. I think we're good, boys.
But again, thank you, Chuck, for spending some time with us. And obviously, we'll see you in a couple of weeks in the great state of Minnesota. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks, Chuck. Peace. Bye-bye.